This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim. Where's Bigger? Hey, how's it going, Tim? A nice lunch recording yeah. today. This is, this is kind of nice. It is nice. We got our well. Tim's got his fruit platter. It's just nice. It is nice. Very wholesome. Nice, and relaxing. Boy, we do the nights. We'll have a, a drink or two, and then we do the afternoons. We'll have some fruit and a glass of water. I like to mix it up. Anyways, I feel like we're one of those storybooks. We left off last week. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. So, I'll just con- I'll wrap it up, and then we'll talk about this year's All-Star Game. Well, I think it'll be a nice All-Star Game-themed show again. So, last week I was talking about my experience, and I left off when I got traded to St. John's. I left Arizona. I arrived in St. John's, and at this point, everybody is in full-scale panic mode where they don't know where to go from here because no one has ever been voted into the All-Star Game or elected to the All-Star Game and then been sent down. So everybody is just kind of scratching their heads trying to figure out what we need to do, what we can do, what happens next. I think the NHL was assuming that I would just kind of bow out or it would just kind of happen organically. Well, he's in the AHL. He can't go, obviously. For some, that's what I expected to do. That's why I said, well, listen, I'm done. I'm in the AHL. Take the next highest vote guy from the Pacific, and that's the end of it. I got calls right away, right away from the NHLPA because everyone always looks for an angle, and the NHLPA called me, and they say, hey, listen, you're not out of the game yet. We have been going over the rules, and there's no rules in the, I don't know what you would call it, the rule book stating that a guy can't go to the All-Star game if he's not in the NHL. Like, because who would write that rule? And so they're like, you need to go to the game. We can use this against the NHL. Because they're always bargaining back and forth for CBAs for just to get leverage on the NHL because I was a part of one um, negotiation over a lockout, and it is cutthroat. Like, they take stuff, we want stuff, and at the end of the day, you end up just, like, hating each other. And so any chance you can kind of stick it to the league, the NHLPA likes to do that. And, like, listen, we have them. They don't want you to go. They thought you going to the AHL would end this thing. Let's stick it to them. And so I'm talking to Matthew Schneider, who at that time was the head of the PA, and he's like, you should go. Like, I firmly believe you should go. And I've talked to the guys in the NHLPA, all the other alumni guys, the guys who are the player reps throughout the league. Everyone thinks you should go. Like, we don't want the NHL to get away with this. And I was like, I don't know. I was going back and forth, I think. I was thinking this is a joke. I'm not going to, you know, make an even bigger fool of myself going there. What jersey am I going to wear? Like, am I going to wear my AHL jersey? There's just stuff like that that I'm thinking of. And so I just said, I don't know. Give me a few days. Let me think about it. And I'll get back to you. So I fly to St. John's and I arrive for their first game. And the coach is like, do you want to play? And I said, no, I'm okay. Because their game was that night and I got there, I think, right before the game. 
And I was like, I can't play. I've been traveling all day. I haven't slept. I, I would play terrible. So it was their last game at home before they went on the road trip. So I watched the game. I didn't even unpack. I just kind of threw my stuff in their locker room, went to the hotel room, and just was just getting bombarded by media. You you name it, they called, they texted, they tried to get a hold of me. The media guy in St. John's, his name was um, Dave Selter. He's like, he told me after the game, he said, I'm usually, I'm usually just dealing with the local beat writer here in St. John's, and that's it. I don't know how to do my job now. He said, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm I'm just stressed out because I literally have 100 voice messages on my phone and 50 emails and I can't handle it all. And everybody wants to talk to you. He's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, nothing. Just say no to everything and we'll figure it out. So we went on that road trip and that's when things started to ratchet it up a little bit where I talked to my wife. I talked to a few guys around the league. I talked to my agent and I said, I'm going like, stick it to the man I'm gonna go so I called I think I called Batman or Colin Campbell and I said I'm going like I, I've talked to the NHLPA they said it's okay if I go and I plan on being there so you know pencil me in for Nashville on February whatever the day is or whatever whatever the game is and that's when things got a little bit more intense I was getting calls from like all the morning talk shows Good Morning America, all this stuff. And I still didn't want to do the media thing. And my media guy was like, you need to talk to somebody. So I talked to ESPN. I did a interview with Scott Van Pelt. Then I did another one with Mark, Dave Levy or um, whoever the hockey guy is. I can't remember. Talked to them on the road in a conference room at some podunk hotel in Rochester or Worcester or some junky hotel and told them I was going. And that was it. And I thought it would be over after that. At this point, you're playing some games in the AHL. Uh, what were the guys there like? Were they pretty supportive of what you were doing? Were they loving the attention? What was that like? Yeah, it was weird because I came in and I, I didn't want to be there. And I'm sure they kind of recognize that. It's not like I went in there all fired up like, yes, you know, back in the AHL. Can't wait. But they were good kids. Like they were all younger. They were first or second year guys. And if, and I listen. I was in the AHL when I was younger, and we had guys who were making NHL money, and they they kind of took care of the young kids. So that's I did. I did that. I took them out for dinner. I'd pay for dinners, and they enjoyed that. They enjoyed the publicity. You know, I'd tell them stories on the bus. I would play cards with them. And I, at the end of the day, everyone's just a hockey player. So it was it was fun to kind of go back there and kind of get a little bit revved up with the young kids and they're excited and they're just kind of I'm I'm feeding off them a little bit they're asking about the all-star game they're trying to tell me what I should do in the skills competition this and that and trying to help me out but yeah it was it, it was quick I only played three or four games with them and it was bing 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 right at right in a row like you do in the AHL then I went to the all-star game so I jumped the flight I think we were in gosh I don't even know Rochester or Worcester or some small little city i flew from there to toronto and toronto to nashville or something something like that i actually ran no i went to new york that's where i went i flew from somewhere to new york and i jumped on a plane and on my plane was holpe and schneider and so i didn't know how i was going to be received by the other nhl guys so i kind of put my head down i think they were with their wives and i didn't really say hi i you know got off the plane went to 
luggage baggage claim and the reporters were everywhere in nashville and the nhl handlers were there and every team had a handler and so i didn't have a team at that point so i get there and there's nobody from montreal nobody from arizona i'm like well what do i do where do i go and they had two guys from the nhl for me and i was like well who who do you work for what's going on they're like oh you know we're here to you know handle you walk you around and what I later found out was they were there to make sure I didn't say anything or do anything and to make sure I was just tr- like being a good boy, and which is fine. I totally understand it. So they, they grabbed me. They said, do you want to do any interviews? We suggest no. Like we, we would prefer if you just grabbed your bags and went. And I was like, well, I'll do, I'll do interviews later then. You know, I just wasn't going to rock the boat. I signed a few autographs, grabbed my stuff. But there was like hundreds of people at the airport. It was really cool. So, oh, no, sorry, my wife was flying in, too. So I waited around for my wife to get there. So I flew in, just say, at 3 o'clock, and my wife flew in at 4 o'clock. So we kind of found a little corner of the airport, waited for my wife, and um, once we grabbed her, we went on our way. Did Hopi, Hopi or Schneider say anything to you? No, nothing. No? No. I, didn't, I was too scared to go and talk to him. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to talk to you. Because at this point, you hadn't seen any any of the NHL players in person yet, right? You've been getting phone calls, but this is like, now you're in their presence again, kind of like, how is this all going to shake yeah, out? Yeah, because I was in the AHL for a week and a half, I think. And I hadn't, like, obviously I'd been texting with some guys, but I haven't seen anybody, so I didn't know. I was like, I was really nervous. I was really, really uncomfortable. So I grabbed my wife. Funny story. She flew by herself. And our younger daughters were going to fly in later with the grandparents. So she gets there. I grab her. We go to the hotel. My grandparents are so bad. Or I shouldn't say my grandparents. My kids' grandparents, my wife's parents, are so bad with time. So they're supposed to fly out the next day or the day after. I can't remember. And my wife calls my her parents and like, hey, are you guys at the airport? Your flight's, you know, leaves in like 45 minutes. They're like, no, no, we're just at the house. And we're like, get to the airport. What are you doing? So they almost missed their flight to Nashville. Like literally had to hold the plane for them to get on. And I, ugh, I would have never let them live it down. But anyways, so we're at the hotel. Crazy checking in. People everywhere, fans everywhere. I'm like the Beatles. Everyone's trying to get a hold of me. We go to the room. We lay down. My wife's nine and a half months pregnant she is just you know she's tired she can't do too much the doctor said she shouldn't come on the trip but she wanted to come and support and she just listen i'm not gonna be able to do anything i'll go to the game but other than that i'm just gonna kind of relax put my feet up i was like perfect we get in the hotel room we're like well should we order food looking at the room service menu i get a i get a phone call to my room it's um a lawyer for the NHL. I pick it up like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, hi, is John Scott there? I'm like, this is him. Hi, John. This is, um, whatever my name is. I'm a lawyer for the NHL. Mr. Bettman would like to have a chat with you. And I was like, Oh, weird. He's like, yeah. Can you meet in the lobby in five minutes? I was like, Oh, okay. So I couldn't even call you himself. No, he's got guys who do that for him. A lawyer of all people, a lawyer. He must've been terrified of you at this point. Well, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I, I thought, well, did they find some loophole and now I'm not going to play? Because they said, we want you to come if you are if you can coach. They said, we want you to come if you'll just kind of not play. So maybe he found some loophole. This is what I'm thinking. I'm going to go meet Bet- Bettman. What's going on? Like, I just got here. 
So I go down, not to the lobby, but like the upper level lobby. It was it was a bigger hotel, and he's sitting there on one of these big chairs. He's waiting for me, and he and he. I go to him. He doesn't even stand up. He's like, "Why don't you sit down?" I'm like, "All right." And the first thing he says, he goes, "I'm really, we really wanted you to be here. We're really glad you're here." And I'm like, "You're so full of it. Like you're so full of it. You fought tooth and nail for me not to go. You offered me money and vacations and all this stuff. You probably had your lawyers like just combing through these rule books to try to find any way. You traded me to St. John's. Like you did everything you could for me not to be here. And then you're lying right to my face. So as soon as he said that, I knew I had the upper hand because he wasn't going to say I can't play. So I was like, okay." I got you. You're going to try to like schmooze me and make sure. I, and that's, that's exactly what happens. He goes, we're really glad you're here. And then, then he goes, if we didn't want you here, you wouldn't be here. Huh. You know, why would you say that? Like he allowed you to come. Right. And he's just, this is how Gary Bettman is. He tries to, he wants to be in the power position. He wants to be the alpha male. He wants to control everything. And I'm just like, at that point, I'm just like, well, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I'm turning the other cheek. Thank you for letting me come, Mr. Bettman. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fun weekend. And then he goes, well, are you squared away? Are you fine? Are we fine? Because I think at that point he's nervous that I'm going to get to the All-Star game and just out them for everything. Because there's so many things I, I like they have done and did to me that I haven't told anybody this day. And I don't think I ever will. Unless my bank account gets really low and I need to like, <laughs> <laughs> I have a new book to write. <laughs> yeah. Guess what, everybody? But and so he goes, "Are we okay? Like, are are we good? Are we going to be good this weekend? Something to that kind of I don't know if that's exact words, but I was like, "Yeah, listen, we're fine. I'm excited to be here, and I really didn't want to be there talking to him, so I just said, "Whatever, man. Like, thank you for letting me come. I appreciate it." We're going to be fine. I'm not going to, you know, step outside the lines and air my dirty laundry. And he said, fine. That was it. It was a very quick conversation. He just wanted to gauge how I was. I shook his hand, his tiny little, tiny little hand. And I went on my way. I went back to the room. We grabbed dinner. Um, That night, I asked my wife, I said, hey, can I go out for a few drinks with some of the guys? So I went out with um, um, Dustin Bufflin. Joe Pavelski was there. Bernsey was there. We went out and grabbed a few drinks. It was really fun. Nashville was packed, like, to the brim with people. We went to a few bars. Nothing major. But it, it was neat to see all the people, see all the guys, all the players. I ran into that. Gosh, you remember George Strombolopoulos? He took over for Don Cherry. I know the name, yeah. He's a weird guy. Very strange guy. He comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, great story. I was like, thanks, George. But it was cool to be kind of the center of attention for a while. People were just like, John Scott, what's up? And so did that whole scene, went back to my room, went to bed. I was exhausted. The next day we had the skills competition, um, which didn't go that great. I'll be honest. I was in the hardest shot. Before that, me and Kaner, we had to, because we were the captains of each team, we had to pick who goes in each event. Yep. And they were filming it for all their social media stuff or whatever. And I like wanted to have fun with the All-Star game. So I didn't put Shea Weber in the hardest shot. I didn't put a lot of guys in the hardest shot just because I wanted to win it. So I didn't put Buffalo and I didn't put Shea Weber. I put um, Johnny Gaudreau. I put Kaner. I put guys who were super small to kind of stack the deck in my favor. And then I put, like, the big guys in the fastest skater. <laughs> I put Bufflin and Weber 
and all the bigger guys and fastest skater. And I just, I just scrambled things up. I was like, this will be fun, you know? And I put myself in accuracy because I've always loved that, that event, you know, hit the corners. Bray Bork was my idol. Oh, yeah. He, like, killed that event. So we did all that. I get a call a half an hour later from the NHL saying, listen, we got to switch this up. And then they go, well, Corey Perry hurt his wrist, so he can't do this. And this guy needs to do that. And this guy wants to do this. And so I get to the rink the next day, and, like, none of my picks are the same. <laughs> I'm out of the this. I'm out of the breakaway. All I'm doing is hardest shot. Like, Bufflin, luckily, Bufflin's still in fastest skater. I told him that. I was like, Buff, that's for you, buddy. Um, Weber's in hardest shot. Goudreau's out. Like, they just switched yeah, it all up. It so, makes sense. I, but wouldn't it be fun to see Johnny Goudreau do hardest shot? No. Why not? He's going to shoot like 88 miles an hour. I just think it would be so funny. It would be funny for like a second. But, I mean, at some point, it's about showing showcasing the best the league has But, like, to Weber's offer. done it forever. Yeah. You know? You could get a Martin Furk kind of thing. How about that? Guy hit 109 miles an hour. Which is the hardest ever recorded, Ever right? recorded. Like, that's unbelievable. Does it, does it matter to you that it's in the AHL? Not technically an NHL? No, it doesn't matter at all. They still yeah. the same. It's not like they're speed guns are less no but than it's ours. still not an, the nhl record is still charged technically yeah i play with a guy in the in the ahl jonathan ah uh, john ah uh, i am convinced his shot was over 110 miles an hour really he had the hardest shot i've ever seen in my life what did you clock out at do you remember like 101 is my max respectable yeah so but this Furk guy he he would play in detroit for a while his issue is if he takes 10 shots he hits the net once and then he's breaking the boards the, uh, the other nine times. So what good is it, you know? Yeah. What good is it going to do? That's the same with Jonathan Awe. He was at a cannon for a shot. Could never hit the net. He, like, went to Asia and was, like, a celebrity in Asia. I remember, like, seeing billboards of him. Jonathan Awe. And it's just, like, him. He was a massive guy. Could have been you. Could have been me. Oh, I would have been huge in China. Anyways, um, All-Star Game was fun. What What really stood out to me was just how i interact with the other guys like we, we talked about there's cameras everywhere you don't really have time to talk to them but you find little moments like sitting next to me was sadine i'm not sure if it was daniel or henrik <laughs> i really don't know but like i when i was playing i was in chicago and there was we had a big rivalry with vancouver i was there when Bolin called him the sadine sisters i was there like when like the biting happened and all that stuff. And we, we hated Vancouver. So it was cool to sit next to him and sit down and talk. He's got kids. We talked about his brother. I'm like, what is the deal with you two? Like, he's like, we just really love each other. We just want to play on the same team. Like, what's wrong with that? I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm like, I was about to have twins. I was like, I kind of get it. You really asked him that? Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> like, I, I knew I was one-time chance. So I was like, what's the deal with you and your brother? Like, why do you guys want to be on the same team? He's like, oh, we just have played each other our whole lives. It would be weird to play against them and live in the same country and not see each other. Yeah, okay. So he was honest. He said, yeah, we just want to play on the same team with each other. If we weren't, we would just go home. I was like, all right, cool. That's fine. Um... It was neat seeing him. One of the coolest moments of the whole weekend was after the game, I had won everything, obviously. We won the tournament. I got the MVP, which was cool getting the check from Gary Bettman, by the way. Oh, yeah. So I go to pick up the check from him, and we shake hands again, and he leans in. He goes, are we still okay? And I go, yes, Gary, we're still okay. Like, you're so worried. I'm just going to, like, grab the mic and, like, suplex him or something, WWF style, and finish him, tombstone. But... I'm like, yes, we're fine. So anyways, I'm in, I'm, it's funny. We were in the shower, me and Taylor Hall. I go in there because I had done interviews after the game. 
I expected to be the only one in the locker room. And Hall, Halsey's in there. I can call him Halsey because I know him. Um, and we're just showering. I'm just like kind of still on cloud nine, starting to just cool down, come back down to earth. And he's like, hey, man, like that was really cool. I was like, oh, thanks. I thought that that's where it was going to end. He's like, I just want to say, like, this was one of the coolest moments in my life playing on this team with you. No way. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And he probably won't remember this, but I do. Like, here's this kid. He must have been 20 years old, 22 years old. Still in Edmonton at that point. And he's like, this was just a really, really cool weekend. And I just wanted to let you know, like, it was really neat playing with you on this team. You're you're a great guy. Like, I, I, I wish all the best. Something like that. And we talked for a few minutes, just going back and forth. I was like, hey, man, like, thank you for saying that. I just didn't know how the guys, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll keep some of the conversation to ourselves. But it was just a really cool moment that Taylor Hall goes out of his way to say that to me. He didn't have to. And we're just sitting there, like, in the shower, soaping up. And he's like, I was like, awesome, man. Like, I I really appreciate it. So that, that was cool. Another thing, um, Jonathan Quick, after the game, tried to get everybody to give all the money to me. He's like, <laughs> so are we going to give it all to Johnny? Like, this and that. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you guys, like, take your share. I appreciate it. That's really nice. Like, you guys can have your share. I was like, that's pretty cool. Another, like, big on, rival of You turned down, like, how much, $900,000 in that second? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you can't just – you wouldn't take it. That's not the right thing to do. Uh, Would you know. take it? That's a lot of money. I know, but then you're that guy who's forever known as, like, the charity guy. I was making NHL money at that point. I'm not yeah. going to, like, be like, oh, please, yes, I need $900,000. I was very blessed. I, I – we got – you know, I got a new car. I got a hundred grand. Like that's not bad. No. So it's a pretty good weekend. I don't know. It was cool. And then to top it all off, after the game, we we didn't know what to do. There was a big after party. Everyone was touting like all the players are going. It's a VIP event. Please go to this event. And I was like, fine. And I went. It was me and Buff. Gosh, me and Buff hung out a lot at that event. So we're walking over to this event. We didn't know what to expect. We walk in. It was a VIP VIP event for fans that bought tickets. And we walk in, and there's got to be a 2,000 people in there, and there's no players. And we're like, what is going on? And it's just like everyone looks at us and starts walking towards us. And we took two steps in the door, and we're just like, we got to get out of here now. So we turn around, hightail it out of there, and we're trying to run from this crowd who's coming towards us. And we're like, where do we go? And my agent was there. He, he's like, come with us. We grab, we went to this restaurant. We see Milberry Jr. sitting at the bar, um, having a drink, about to order, and we're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like we're not going to eat with them. No. And so we kind of just avoid them. Luckily, they had a table available, like in a back room, which was awesome. So we got a table in the back room. It was me, Bufflin, my wife, his wife, our agent, um, and that was it. And we got a few bottles of wine. We ordered a nice dinner. We sat there for an hour and a half, two hours. Obviously, my wife was just super tired at that point. And we just called it a night. Everyone's like, you must have went out and like had a crazy party. It's like, no. We went out, had a few drinks, had a good laugh, and then went back to the room. I flew out at 6 a.m. the next day. Right. Saw Milbury at the airport in the security. Just looked like a sad man. And I kind of felt bad for him. You talked like, to him? Oh, gosh, no, he wouldn't even look me in the eye. Would not even look me in the eye. And my wife was furious at him, too, and she was trying to get his attention because she, she hears more than I do. Yeah. And she's like, that man, I do not like that man. And she'd, she'd confront him, too. Oh, for she sure. She had no problem with that. So we're there with all our kids. You know, 
well, two of them at that point, but she's my wife's ready to go. So we flew out, we get home, and it's just back to normal. I was putting the house together. You know, we just moved into our house, getting the crib ready, painting the room. Literally the next day, taking boxes from the garage, and my wife goes into labor the next day with twins. I'm home for another, like, four or five days, and I go back to St. John's, and that's the end of it. And, like, the, the, the bubble pops, and I'm kind of thrown back into reality. And that's it. That's the All-Star Game experience in a nutshell. Okay, so that was a good uh, kind of trip down memory lane there. So oh, I hate talking about myself. What got you on the map, I think. I don't like it. Let's John, talk about something else. If that didn't happen, we wouldn't be friends right now. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but let's talk about this year's All-Star Game. Did you watch the whole thing last weekend? Not the. I didn't watch the skills competition, but I no. watched the game. Yeah. What'd you think? You know, it, it's the first one I've watched since mine, and it was, it was entertaining at points. Yeah. It was um, slow at other points. It was kind of like like golf. Like good to have in the background while you're doing something. Like kind of check in here and there. I was reading a book while I was yeah. uh, watching the game. Yeah. You don't want to sit and stare at it for three hours, but no, no. But it was entertaining at some points. The skill level is just out of this world. I, I was really. What drew me in were because I don't see the guys out west a lot, especially the Vancouver guys. Man, yeah. they're good. Pedersen. Pedersen is so good. It's just it's just unbelievable how good he is. That Hughes kid, yeah, is really good. Like they're that who's that line that they had? It was Pedersen and his line. They were uh, really really good. Was he with? No, he wasn't with Kachuk. Was he was he? with another Vancouver guy. And anyways, they were just really really good. Pedersen yeah. is just they they. That he's a good player. Oh yeah, they hit the lottery. I big tweeted time. it out. Yeah, I was like, Pedersen, this kid's sick. Yeah, yes, I think a lot of people agree with you. I know, I know. Anyways, um, what did you think of the Green Day thing? Did you catch that concert? I did. Yeah, it was a little halftime show. I think it was. Listen, Green Day when I grew up was my band. They were the first concert I have ever seen. I went to a concert with my mom. In Toronto with one of my friends when we were in grade seven, grade seven or eight, I could not have been more upset at his performance than I, than I think I was. I was watching the TV, just shaking my head, like, "Why are you doing this? Why does he have to swear over and over again, numerous times?" And it's not like he just swears one little word. The censor was like five to ten seconds long. It's like, what are you saying for five to ten seconds that you 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 have to say that? It's the all-star game. Well, the first time it happened, it was a little, like, took everyone by surprise, of course. It's kind of like, okay, he's been putting on shows for 30 years. Like, he let one slip, forgot where he was. But then it kept happening, like, four, five, six more times. It was, so it was planned. Yeah. And it's it's really sad. And it just was like, man, grow up, honestly. You're almost 50 years old. Like when when do you have to stop being like alt rock ska? I'm not gonna conform to the man. It's like you're 50 years old. You dye your hair black. You're wearing makeup and jewelry. Like come on, just yeah. play the just play the song. Green Day was my band too. That was my number one growing up. It wasn't my first concert. But I think it was the best one I ever went to. It's a great. They yeah. put on an amazing show. Um, and I was a little embarrassed by it. I was embarrassed. I, I was in the. I think alone in the room watching it. And I was still embarrassed to watch it. Yeah, I was by myself in my basement, and I was just like, "These guys are just losers, massive, massive losers." It's too bad. Just because they're trying to be cool, like look at us, we can swear we're on national TV. 
How many kids were in that crowd? Thousands I mean, of kids. Yeah. Not a, not to mention everyone watching, you know, on TV. It's I, you know, will they ever get another job like that? Never. Like I hope that? not. Yeah. I hope they get buried. They won't, they won't get buried. I hope so. I listen. I haven't listened to a record for them in how many years? Ten. It's been a while since they had a good one. We suck. I don't like them. I don't like it. I am done with Green Day. Stuff like that. It's like, just get... I even put them on one of my um, top whatever songs I Yeah, like. that's right. I just... It just... Stuff like that. It's like, why do you have to swear? I don't get it. Stinking Green Day. And your daughters weren't even watching. Imagine how mad you would have been if you were in the crowd with your daughters. Oh, I would have went down into the concourse. Yeah. And then after I see them, like, they're not even high-fiving the players. They're just, like, walking by, like, mm, I'm Billy Joel. <laughs> Imagine I would have sucker-bombed them. I would have loved to see Bettman's face when that happened. They should have gone right to him. That's his fault. Yeah. You don't hire a band who's doing that. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. I bet they probably agreed or signed to all kinds. Oh, I'm of sure stuff, they had some then, kind of waiver, and then they planned it, Ugh, knowing so... that it would be, it would be a one-time thing. They would not be asked back. I'm anywhere. surprised they didn't pull the plug. Like, just say that's that's it. We're shutting it down. Yeah. Like it was really bad. Yeah. Like it was really really bad. I was hoping was Billy Joel was going to... Is it Billy Joel or Billy Joe? Billy, Billy Joe. Joe I was hoping he was going to slip on the way back. Because he went out on the ice. I was like, please slip. Break your hip, old man. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> very disappointing. Another disappointment. Pasternak getting MVP. Why is that disappointment? D- you know the answer to that. Uh, was he the tournament's best player? No. Maybe. I don't yes. think he was. He was so good. Those, those goals that he scored were outstanding. I agree. But was he was not... Like heads and shoulders above Hurdle. Yeah. Hurdle is so good. Yeah, he is. He reminds me of Yager. He's another player that people, you know, out east don't ever get to see. He is so incredibly good. And I played with him. I'm not I'm not being biased. He has this his one goal where he froze the goalie on the shot and just casual backhand toe drag and then went upstairs. And then the other one where he had the, the partial breakaway and just got the goalie to open up his legs a little bit. Yeah. The, the puck barely even hit the back of the net. He knew he was going to score. He just taps it through. How demoralizing is that for a goalie? Like, just the guy doesn't even shoot it hard. He just goes, bink, that's in the net. It's so it's so filthy, it's sad. Like, I could never in a million years have that much patience and wherewithal to like, all right, I'm just waiting for you to open up your legs. Doink, there you go. So Hurdle had four goals in game one, and then he scored the game winner in game two. Yeah. Should he have been on the ballot for MVP? Yes. Because he wasn't. I know. It's crazy. Sound familiar at all? That's my story. Yeah. It's, uh, who comes up with the ballots? Uh, that's, I don't know. It's a question for another day, but yeah. it's um, he should have won it. And then to give it to Pasternak because like, he was on a losing team. I think, I don't know, not to be like a – you know, dumping on the Bruins, but it kind of seemed like that was almost a predetermined outcome. Like the league kind of said, okay, the MVP is going to be one of these three guys. Whoever does the best, we'll give it to. Yeah. Because they were covering him. They had him mic'd up. They was, he oh, was like yeah. the star of the show. He was on all the commercials. And then he did. I mean, he still played really well. He was sick on those goals. So it was just an easy layup for them. Why would Dunkin' Donuts hire him to be their face? Or their, I can't even understand him when he's doing the commercials. Well, Dunkin' Donuts is mostly in New Bruins, England. I get yeah. it. But it's like get another Bruin who speaks English well. He's so funny though. He is funny. I get like he Did was you see doing that. No, he was uh, trying to get like more power play time, and the refs like, "Don't talk to me." And he's like, "No, I'm, I have the C now. I have the C. <laughs> I can do that now." He <laughs> loves having being the captain. Oh, it's funny. I like him. I don't think he should have won the MVP. Yeah, and I don't think he should do Dunkin' Donuts commercials. Why not? You should get um, someone who can speak English. Well, 
I couldn't understand them during the commercials. I, I really could. I had a hard time. Check your phone. You got some missed calls. Missed calls. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'm just bitter. I want those commercials for myself. Yeah, how about it? Anyway, so Hurdle should have got it. Pacific beat Atlantic. What I thought was really funny, Atlantic's first game, they won 9-5 to five over the Central? Metropolitan. Metropolitan. Marner, zero points. No, really? Zero points. Mitch Marner? Mitch, I was, I was loving it. Because I love, I love myself some Leafs. Did he make it up in game two? Dash one with one assist. <laughs> so, he, yeah, he played two games. Their team scored 13 or 14 goals. Dash one with one assist. How do you explain that? Was he just not trying? Was he in, in over his head a little bit? Was it? He's a terrible hockey player. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all arbitrary, but you think in a three-on-three game he would put up some more points. Especially with his game and his speed and everything. Yeah. What did you think of the Kachuk brothers? They were they were a big storyline too. They got a it lot was, of face it was time. a little overplay, but it was pretty cool. I mean, obviously their dad was a big star there. They grew up there. Um, there was some cool moments of them taking the face offs against each other. Yeah, it was good. I mean, they're they're both good players. I always thought that Brady was a little overrated. I saw him playing BU back in the day, and he was always floating, cherry picking. Wasn't I was like, who is this guy? Why is he such a big deal? And obviously he's done well for the Senators. He dropped the gloves last night. Did you see that? I did. He fought um, PK. PK. Terrible fight. Yeah. Just kind of, he threw him down at the end pretty hard. Yeah. Body slammed him. I didn't realize how strong he was. Yeah, he's tall. Yeah. With these announcers, when they announce these fights, I've watched a few lately. I don't know who's taking measurements of players these days, but they, like I was watching Good Branson versus Kane, and the announcer's like, Good Branson, six foot seven. No. He goes, no, he's not six foot seven. Like he's six like six four. Yeah, six four. And I was watching another fight. He's like, oh, this guy's 6'5", tail of the tape, 6'5", 240. I'm like, There's, no, he's not 6'5", 240. He's like 6'2". <laughs> It's just, I don't know who's doing the tail of the tape, but we need to get our eyes checked. You no, know, people always est- underestimate your, your weight, too. Yeah. That always say, like, oh, John Scott, 6'7", 220. I know. No, I'm, I was all the 270 when I played. Yeah. And it's, going back to Brady, I didn't even notice him on the ice. No. Because, like I said, I was kind of checking in and out in the games. I noticed Matthew. He played unbelievable. He was great. He was really, really smooth. But They had him on a line with Dreisaitl. Did I you know. See that? And, and they McDavid. hated each other. I know. There was one good play where I think Dreisaitl set Matthew up for a goal. And they don't even look at each other. I know. They go to celebrate. They just part the Red Sea. Start swearing at each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I'm glad. I like it. It's cool to see that stuff. Well, they asked, they interviewed Kachuk afterwards. Like, well, how was it playing with Dreinsidle? He's like, listen, we're all pros, but when we go back to our teams, you know, we're going to go back to being rivals. It is what it is, which is nice. But listen, Pacific wins, obviously. I think they've won three of the four years. Yeah. Right? You know who else I, I really liked watching, too, is that line with Bertuzzi and Duclair, who I would have thought were kind of like the the, the last-minute add-on, didn't, weren't quite in the same group as the other guys, but they, yeah. were, they were flying out there. They had three or four goals between them. They were making things happen. It was if, kind of fun to see. If you were going to bet on the All-Star game, bet on the team that has the most first-time players because those guys are going to be trying so much harder than everybody else. Like, without a doubt. And you could see it. They were forechecking. They were back-checking, especially. That's where you, you notice it. Yeah. They're back-checking, not giving up three-on-ones or three-on-twos or two-on-ones. Like, Dukey can skate. Bertuzzi was playing very smart out there. Pedersen was playing smart. There was a lot of first-time guys who were playing, like, 200-foot game. Did you watch that HBO show, Succession, that was no. just on? No. You know uh, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother? No. He looks just like Bertuzzi. I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Macaulay Culkin's younger brother? Yeah, he's like a big-time actor now in that HBO show. He's really, really good. 
I'm blanking on the name, but yeah. I don't watch HBO at all. I don't even have that or Netflix or anything. Who who has that kind of money, right? Not me. Obviously you. But no, (laughs) Bertuzzi, I guess Detroit had to pick somebody. Yeah. There was a few names where I was checking the roster. It's like, who are, like, Jaffrey. Jerry. 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 Dustin Jerry. Tristan Jerry. Tristan. Who's this guy? He's been awesome this year. Never heard of him. He's killing it. Like, I. I was just kind of shaking my head a few. I'm like, where'd they get these goalies? He's doing to Matt Murray what Matt Murray did to Flurry. He's yeah. pushing him right Why out. wasn't Flurry there? He opted out. He was injured. Yeah, right. A lot of injuries happen right before the All Star game for some guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, it was it was a fun game. I think I was talking last week. There there are some things they should do. Like, do you? Th- what are your ideas to try to amp up the All Star game a little bit? Anything? Um. I don't know. I mean, I would like to see more fun in the skills competition. Yeah. Because, you know, it, people, like you said, like you skipped over it. I didn't watch it. It wasn't really – got some buzz on social media, but that's about it. Um, I don't know how you do it differently. Maybe some more um, – like, for example, that the speed skating one. How about skating with the puck? Or skating backwards. Or skating backwards. Yeah. I mean, how does McDavid not win the speed skating? He's like the fastest player. No, Barzell's – Barzell, he is fast. Yeah, but McDavid, though. They're, they are – Elite skaters, I I could totally see that. Yeah, he but you is put the puck on their, on their hands. That would be cool to have him handle the puck around the net. There's no one faster than McDavid. With the you puck. never know. Yeah, you never know. Barzal, I don't know how to say his name. Barzal, yeah, he is fast, man. And then Larkin still has a record. Asterix, we've talked about that before. He started with a zone head start, where he started at the blue, and they the timer started at the red line. They don't do that anymore. I don't know why they did it for that one year. The refs might have just slipped up. Really? Where he started at the blue line, got a full head of steam, and then the clock started. Interesting. Yes. He's the only guy who's ever done that. I don't get it. And then, and even with that, Barzal only missed him by like .03 or something. Barzal's fast. Yeah. Well, he his first year in the league, he had like 70 breakaways. He's a stud. He is a good player. I think, to make it interesting, I was trying to think of different formats, because the leagues are great, but it does kind of take away when you have guys who are like I like the rivalries, and I don't like seeing the Edmonton and Calgary guys on the same team chumming it up, or the Anaheim and the San Jose guys chumming it up. I like to think of the rivalries and like to not ruin that. What if you did, and maybe this wouldn't help it, do a draft? That was cool. When they Take did that. the four captains, and you can draft anybody. Anybody you want. Have they ever done that? Oh, no. They did it from a player pool in like 2013 yes. or 14. But just draft Anybody you want. Or what? another thing I thought, because there's so many kids in the league, do an age bracket. Do like 18 to 23, 23 to 27, 27 to 32, and 32 and above. And have like four age groups. Maybe. And have like, because I don't know if that's even possible with the the guys who are there. They're probably all young guys. But it'd be cool yeah. to see like the older guys that would be cool. versus the young guys. Or do um, countries. Well, they, maybe ten years ago, they—I don't know how many years they did it. A couple of years, they had the the Young Stars game. Too. Yeah, that'd be that cool. Was, that was really cool to see. I think that'd be neat. The only but player I, I remember watching was uh, Tobias Enstrom, who was on that when he was like a rookie or sophomore with Atlanta. And I just oh, yeah, yeah. for some reason I loved him, and uh, he was in that game, so I remember that. Would have been cool to see. They should open it up to the fans, get their input because yeah. honestly, there's so many ideas you could do to make it just more enjoyable. And if you get the fans involved, they're going to want to watch. I don't know what the ratings are like, but. It's just not like it doesn't have that kind of mojo where you want to watch it. I saw a good article. I think it was maybe on Barstool Sports where he said basically like the All Star Game hasn't changed. You just got older. Yeah. Right. 
It's like it's not it's not meant for us. We're not the That's main true, audience. That's true because I used to watch it every year. Yeah. That's true. When I was right. like a kid. Yeah. When you when you're collecting the cards and you're watching the highlights, you know, like that's what matters to you. And you're like, oh, there's there's Larkin, there's Barzal, there's there's Kachuk. Now you're kind of just like, well, this is sort of lame. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm getting old. Yeah. Just an old fuddy-duddy stick in the mud. Anyways, speaking of all-star games, I was watching the Pro Bowl. I'm sitting there watching the Pro Bowl, and they go, breaking news, Kobe Bryant dies. And I kind of did a double take, and I don't know where you were when you heard the news, but I like immediately like zoned in. I'm like, no, that's that can't be true. And yeah, he died. And he's the he's the first one, definitely of my generation, who was a legit superstar. And he's dead. It's so weird that I grew up watching this guy, and he's he's gone. It's so weird, you know. It's hard to yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around. I was I was downtown with my buddy walking around, and I had left my phone at home. And he goes, "Hey, did you hear Kobe died?" I'm like. Yeah, okay, come on. Right. He goes, no, seriously, my wife just texted me. And uh, I don't know, sometimes I see the headline on, on Twitter or whatever, still, you know, two days later, and I'm like, that didn't really happen. I know. And I think you really do get a feel of how important and impactful a person is when they die. I can't, like, pick up a paper or check my news feed or turn on the TV still without seeing some kind of tribute to Kobe Bryant. He like the music industry, the movie industry, obviously the sports industry. They they talked about it all over the place, and man, I prayers to his family because that's you got like he had four daughters, I have five daughters, like I do relate to him in a way, and it's sad as what his oldest daughter was with him. She passed away too, just a freak kind of helicopter accident. I, like. Apparently they should have been flying and it was terrible weather, but man, just really, really sad. Yeah, I mean, he was just the ultimate competitor. You hear the stories of him, like, you know, being at the arena at four in the morning and taking, you know, an hour of practice before practice starts. And um, he was, you know, the one that kind of drove everyone forward. I mean, his quotes are off the chart. He was so he was so uh, methodical. He was so cerebral in, in his approach to the game. And we talk about someone like Derek Jeter a couple of weeks ago, very similar in the fact that, like, just the ultimate competitor, the ultimate leader, the ultimate champion. And as someone, like, from Boston playing against him for so many years, he was such a, a foil to our city and to our yeah. team. He was, like, exactly who you'd want to have in a quote-unquote enemy. We're like, he's so good. We beat him once. He beat us once in Game 7s. Um, everything kind of – the road to the championship went through Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And it was just – you know, like you said, it's one of those guys where you didn't – don't really realize the impact that he had or the presence that he had until he's gone. And now you're kind of like, whoa. And I'm not even a huge basketball fan. I, I was know. Just like, Neither am I. I was just devastated by this news. But then, like, and it's one of those things where last week, if you would have asked me about Kobe Bryant, I probably would have, like, trash-talked him. Like, oh, Kobe thinks he's all that. Yeah. You know, he's just this and that. But then after something like this happens, you just it just puts everything into perspective. It's like, well, you know what? He actually wasn't a bad guy. He was an unbelievably skilled basketball player. He went to the NBA when he was just out of high school. Like you're 17 years old going to the NBA. Like that has to be a trip. And he, yeah, he's a good, good Catholic practicing Catholic. Like just, I don't know. I, for some reason he, man, our lives parallel each other. Obviously I wasn't at the same level, but professional athlete, daughters, Catholic, like just 
really tragic, really sad news. And I, ugh, I can't even imagine being his wife and his uh, daughters right now. Really, really sad stuff. I hate to bring that up, but it's like it's huge news. Yeah, it's, it's worth talking about. And it's still like it's three days, four days past, and it's still fresh. Like it's just still hard to believe. Like you said, like this, someone's gonna say no. It's it didn't happen. Bizarre. Yeah. Anyways, Tim, do you have anything else? Let's let's end it on a, a good note here, um, just so we're not going out with with uh, the sad stuff here. How about a, how a, a trivia question? Okay. All right. So this is NHL trivia, bringing it back here. Um, five players have won the Conn Smythe Trophy more than once. And the Conn Smythe is playoff MVP. Yes. Okay. Who is the only player to win it three times? Okay. There's so choices you, here if you want it. Well, let me just see. You got to think of multiple Stanley Cup winners who are impactful for their teams. Um, you go back to the Oilers' glory days. You think about those teams. You think about the Islanders. They've won multiple Stanley Cups. Current, the Hawks, I don't think they had multiple guys win. Red Wings back in the day. Red Wings. Blues. But then even the Canadians a long, long, long time ago when they would win like 10 in a row. Yeah. With the huge asterisks beside that. Um, I'm going to say he's won three Con Smythes. Patrick Waugh? Yeah. Number one. Man, I'm getting good at this trivia. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. A little pat in the back there. I appreciate it. Oh, you know what? I have one more thing to show you. Okay. Someone um, sent us a tweet last night. Oh, okay. They wrote you a poem. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Would you like to read it, Tim? I'm going to bring it up right now. Okay. This is from Puck Magic. It's called an underdog story. Oh, my. Only problem is they call you Jonathan Scott here. Not my name. That's fine. Um, Let it slide. Am I going to cry? No. Maybe. Maybe. An underdog story. There once skated a man named John Scott. Standing six to eight tall, a scorer he was not. The the fans selected his name to play in the 2016 All-Star Game. He showed he could be gentle and nice, stick handling out there on the ice. No chance in hell, cried the NHL. They thought the crowds would be quieted, but instead they nearly rioted. And so the fans' vote was stayed, what a, and what a winning game Scott played. The king was crowned the MVP, a great moment in hockey history. That's really good. Right? That is like a really good poem. I like that. Puck magic. Puck magic. You wordsmith you. That's really great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That makes my day. There it is. I'm going to walk out of here... With my head held high. If your head gets any bigger, we're all in big trouble. We're going to have to widen the doors. <laughs> it's it's pretty big as it is. My poor mom. Never mind. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Anyways, um, on that note, I appreciate all the support, everybody. We really appreciate the listens. And, um, yeah, have yourselves a good week. Cheers. Cheers.